Welcome to The Shift, the podcast that empowers you to make a change in your life and chase your dreams with passion and purpose. If you are tired of feeling stuck in a life that doesn't fulfill you, if you have big dreams and ambitions but struggle to turn them into reality, if you want to break free from self-doubt and limited beliefs, Join us every week to listen to inspiring stories from regular people just like you, actionable insights, and the motivation you need to make the shift towards your own dreams. And please don't forget to share, subscribe, and leave us a review to help spread the message and inspire others. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the show, The Shift. When you make a drastic change in your career, business, relationships, you change your thoughts. Your thoughts change your actions, your actions change your mindset. And your mindset basically changes you, your environment, and people you talk to every day. And today I have a buddy of mine, Tim Vitali, who actually transformed his life going through all that. Uh, Tim was previously on W2, but recently has made a 180-degree turn and became a full-time real estate investor. Moreover, he's actually one of the first people that I started uh, picking up some gold nuggets about underwriting multifamily apartments. And for that, I'm super grateful. We still talk. We still talk a lot. We still talk a lot. I follow him every day, and basically learn a lot from him. Hey, team! Welcome to the show. Eugene, thanks so much for having me, man. It's uh, been good connecting with you over the. It's been a long time now, over a year, maybe close to two years now that we've known each other. Yeah, I think so. It's crazy how time flies. Mm -hmm. Man, but I, I can't really, I can't wait to dive into your story and tell our listeners and viewers and how you did it. Sure, sure. And Where do you want to start? I'd like you to start from the beginning. Like, what the, tell us... Uh, Basically, tell us who you are. Like a lot of people don't know who you are, and yeah. tell us uh, what you did before you shifted, and cool. what you're doing now. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Tim Vitali. I'm originally from Connecticut, Bridgeport, Connecticut, and I went to school here in Will. I currently live in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh, I went to school here at UNC Wilmington. Uh, got my accounting and finance degree, and then left Wilmington in 2013. Followed a girl up to Manhattan, got a job on Wall Street, working for an insurance company, worked there for about two years, and then I didn't really like living in Manhattan, so I moved down to Charlotte, North Carolina, married that girl that I followed up to Manhattan, and I worked for that company for a little over eight years, and I worked up to uh, the status of assistant vice president of finance, which is pretty prestigious in the you know corporate world. I was uh, 28 years old or so when I got that promotion and the youngest person in my organization to do that. So it, was a, it wasn't a small feat. Uh, however, what really pushed me into real estate was that promotion. I was making about $99,000, $100,000 a year, and I got like a 3 or 4% raise when I got my promotion to AVP. And I said, wait a second, isn't this when you make the life-changing money? Like you get 50% raises, 100% raises, like... When do I start to make the buku bucks? And my boss was like, oh, no, that doesn't really happen. But she was like, oh, but your life insurance, you're an officer of the company now. So your life insurance policy tripled. I said, wonderful. That only helped me when I'm dead. So my wife will thank you big time. 
right? I was like, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't help me live a better life now. So <laughs> I started thinking to myself, I was like, wait a second, how am I going to make more money so that I can live the lifestyle that I want? Because I wasn't going to buy a beachfront house and a 72-foot sport fisher, which is a huge fishing boat uh, for people that don't know what that is, and live on the coast of Wilmington. And you know, coast of North Carolina or South Florida, wherever I wanted to live. And so I found real estate. I started looking into real estate, listening to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, like most everybody does. And I felt like that book was written about me. I mean, my wife was like, this book's written about you. And so that was early 2019. It took me about a year to buy my first single family house. It was a condo, actually. Paid cash for it. I was going to burn it, buy, renovate, rent, repeat, blah, 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 whatever. I put about five, five or six grand into it. And when I went to go refinance it, that the bank told me that it was only worth 76,000. I'm like, wait a second, I just paid that for it. And I just put all this money into it and I made it better. How come it's not worth more? I'm getting more money in rent. And they're like, well, the, the place down the street sold for this. So that's what your property's worth. But on the appraisal was the income-based approach. And the income-based approach said it was worth $100,000. I was like, this is what it should have appraised for. And they were like, no, no, it, they don't look at it as uh, an investment. Like how much money the business generates. If you want to use that income box on the appraisal, you need to go into five units and up. So that was my aha moment. So I started looking into that early 2020. I read Rich, uh, not Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read Multifamily Millions by David Lindell. And that was a catalyst mm. book for me to get into commercial real estate. Because coming from a corporate finance background, income statements and expenses and balance sheets, that just makes sense to me. Like increasing revenues and decreasing expenses, underwriting properties, building pro formas. I did that for my day job. Like it made sense to me. So that was early 2020. I cut the cord with the residential real estate world and went all in on commercial. And I knew that I was going to take three or four steps backwards in order to take a huge leap forward in the future. So it took me about 18 months or so to close on my first commercial real estate deal. And since then, that was in August 2021. So uh, since then, we've done about 230-something doors, about $20 million in purchase transaction volume, and we got another, like, it's like 17 or $18 million under contract right now as well. Should be closed by the end of July. So we're about to double the portfolio here in the next 60 days or so, which is really exciting. So yeah, that's how I got into the commercial space. Did, I think it covered it all. Is that good? <laughs> super impressive man uh, thanks man I appreciate impressive. it yeah I mean uh, only in a few years you've been able to go from uh, 0 to 220 doors right that's fantastic thank but you, thank I you. Do and, want... and the biggest part is you've got to build your network man I mean that's how you found me right that's how we found each other was building the network man. online social presence providing value to others with no expectation of return and you do that for a long period of time, and the law of recipro reciprocity will come back and pay you. I promise you. That's just how it works. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong. This is like, this is part of the story, part of your story, right? Yeah, yeah. So I provided value to, to the Facebook groups that we're in, and never asked for anything in return. And about a year after I started doing that, they asked, they were like, hey you want to come in on this deal with us? And I, I did. And that was how I got into my first deal. And then once you do your first deal, the next one comes that much easier. And then about a month after we did my first deal, I quit my job full 
and then moved to Wilmington, North Carolina, where I'm at now, and do it full time. And just as like pouring gasoline on a fire once you quit your day job and uh, you get past that first deal. Yeah. No, man, that's uh, super impressive. And uh, I'm glad, me personally, I'm glad that I met you and you became my sort of mentor. Awesome, and, man. I love it. Like how, you know, how to underwrite commercial multifamily properties. Uh, I'll sink your deal in a second, but that's to protect you. <laughs> it's to protect you. And that's what people, what people ask. I literally was on a podcast about a half an hour ago, and the guy was like, how do you find deals? And I was like, I don't. And I was like, what do you mean? Do <laughs> deals? I said, people bring me deals because they want me to underwrite their deal and kill their deal. And then once I don't kill their deal, I'm like, oh, wait a second. I can raise all the money. I can sign on the loan. I can write the earnest, but I can do, or I can find anybody in my network to help you perform and close on this deal. Let's go make some money. So I've never found a deal. I've never found investors. They always come to me. It's a very unique situation, but that's you, you have to attract what you want in life. And I want deals and I want investors. And that's what I do. Awesome, man. This is super powerful. And I want to go, I want to get back to this, but I want to step back for a second and go to times where, and dive a little bit deeper in time where you actually decided to make change in your life like what was the and i know you kind of touched on this but i want to go a little bit more deeper and that like what was the, the moment of realization when you told yourself like this is it i don't want to do this anymore i want to do this w2 job like i want to do real estate like what was that specific moment in your life in time where you said enough is enough yeah, I mean, we talked about it, right? It was when I was driving from Charlotte to Wilmington, I listened to the book Rich Dad, Poor Dad with with my wife. And the one line that stuck with me is mm -hmm. when you work a W-2 job, you have to work from January to May full time just to pay the government taxes. I said, wait a second. That's like <laughs> almost half the year. I got to work just to pay the government taxes? And I just, I couldn't get over that. And it's just, I never heard it explained that way. And it was so monumental in my life because it doesn't make sense that you should pay tax on what you make. It should be on what you have left over. And, and we real estate people are really good at finding write-offs so that we don't really have to pay anything in taxes because that's what it costs to run a business. Like we spend a ton of money going out and entertaining investors and entertaining brokers and traveling to events to learn and educate ourselves and like you're you're always learning and you're always growing and you're investing in yourself and that costs money and that's how you build a business that's how you grow a business is by investing in it by spending money and if you do it correctly with depreciation and other things you don't have to spend all of your money to not pay tax right you, you still have money left over it's just a paper write-off at that point because the government and the tax laws are written for small businesses right? They want you to own your own business. They want you to buy real estate and renovate it and keep the area well. That's why the tax laws are written that way so that the government doesn't have to provide all of the housing. So we provide a service to people that need a place to live and we run a business. And I think that everyone should 
in some way, shape, or form and invest in real estate, right? Uh, because the tax laws are favorable to real estate investors, right? Now, they're not making any more land. So if you could buy some with a property on it that makes you cash flow, like you should do that. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. One of the, our listeners, usually people who are thinking about changing their life or just changed, and they're sort of taking a step forward to become financially free by owning the business, uh, becoming an entrepreneur, investing in the real estate, like what they want to do, whatever their dreams are. And there is a, a big step, a big hurdle that a lot of people experience in their life when they want to quit, right? And say, okay, I want to do this, and I want to do that, and I want to quit. And it's a scary moment, right? Mm -hmm. it's, uh, there's a lot of fear in that specific moment. How did you overcome your fear? So that's really a good question. And, because I, and what was your fear? Oh, good. So I got into the financial corporate world because I want the security of a paycheck. I wanted to know that I was going to have money all the time, right? I wanted that security. I wanted the paycheck constantly, right? Because I wanted to be able to provide. So my wife is actually the one, when, when HR told me I had to go back to the office and I told her I didn't want to, my wife is the one that suggested we sell the house to live off the equity in the house and move back to Wilmington and then do, mm -hmm. pursue our businesses full time. So it wasn't even me, really. It was HR told me I had to come back to the office and didn't want to. And my wife didn't want me to go back to work because she didn't want me to go. She wanted me to build this business, right? So it was really kind of a combination of the support from her being able to make that decision and say, okay, let's do it. Let's sell the house. And I'm not going to lie to you. My last day of my job, when I quit, I cried because I was scared. It was the hardest thing that I've ever done was leaving that sense of security of a paycheck for the unknown, right? Because remember, I got into what I did as a corporate career because I wanted the security. So I left the security for the unsecure. So I cried, like, I don't cry. And my wife started, she was like, oh my something is really wrong. You're crying, right? And it wasn't like bawling my eyes out or whatever, but you're just like emotional. And she was like, you just don't get emotional. I was like, this is mentally the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life is walk away from the security of a paycheck. And it really was the support of my wife. And we made a plan. We said, hey, we got like $160,000 in equity in this house after fees. Like we'll walk away with like 150, 160. And I said, mm -hmm. that's enough money to live off of for two to three years. If I can't put any money into the bank account in two to three years to support our life, it was never meant mm -hmm. to be. And I could always go back to work. And I left my job on good terms. I told my boss, and my boss was like, what do you mean you're quitting? And I was just like, if I don't mm -hmm. do this, I'm going to regret it the rest of my life. So I have to quit. I have to do this. And I was like, if I fail, I'll come back, crawling back and say, hey, sorry, I need a job. Will you have me, right? Or can, you, can I have you as a referral or something like that? And she was like, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Like, if you ever need anything, you let me know. And I, thankfully, I've made more money now. It's June 1st when we're recording this. And I've made more money through the end of May than I did all of last year in my 12 months at my W-2 job. Wow. That's impressive, man. Right. But it's, you got it. You got to go all in, right? It's everybody. You said it earlier. Everyone wants to quit. I want to quit this job. A lot of people feel that way, but very, very, very few are going to be able to do it because they don't have the fortitude to stick with it, to build the business 
and take and do what's necessary in order to get to that point to be able to do it. And mm-hmm. I was fortunate enough for COVID to happen where I can build my business and I could work from home and I could do all of those things. And I, I worked from five o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, seven days a week, right? And like 5 a.m. I was up, I was reading books, I was educating myself. Eight o'clock in the morning, I was working my day job till six or seven o'clock at night. And then I do networking events and underwrite deals and email brokers and lenders and all that kind of stuff till 10, 11 o'clock at night. Did it every single day. I lost a lot of friends because I didn't do anything. But what's funny is all of those people now, they're like, oh my God, I really want to do something because seeing what you're doing makes me want to leave my job too. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. it took me three years to get here. So when are you going to start your clock? And you've you got to be consistent with it. And everyone's going to make excuses. Well, I got kids or I got a job that I can't do this and I can't do that. And it's just, it's literally going to come back to how bad do you want it? How bad do you want to get out of your job? And if it's not bad enough and your why is not strong enough, then you'll never stick with it and you will be stuck in that job forever. Yeah, that's uh, pretty powerful. It's like, probably one thing to add is like, like you, you said it perfectly, like you need to know your why, right? You need to know why you're doing this. You need, to, you need actually to get, you need that, you need to work for this. I would say you're also willing to work for this, right? You also need to work for this. It's not just, it's probably not just about like how bad you want it, but you need to put some work. You got to put the effort uh, into it. Nobody's going to give you a handout, yeah. right? And especially yeah. in the career, the real estate industry that we're in, it's relationship business. Like real estate, guys, real estate's not difficult. It's very, very easy. It's just knowing the right people to get into deals and like <laughs> people that have things that you don't have. And nobody's going to give you the things that they have unless you have a good relationship with them. That's why I always come back and say the number one thing to do is build your network. Build your network and educate yourself. You need to talk the talk and walk the walk and know the people that are doing the same thing Surround yourself with those people and you will, and by providing value to them with no expectation of return, they will eventually feel like the law of reciprocity comes into play and say, hey, I want to help you out. I know how much you've helped me out and you've done all of these things and you've never asked for anything in return. You worked your ass off for two years to get into a deal. Most people that I see that do this, they come into my life for a month or two and they want to provide a lot of value and then they leave, they give up because it's hard. Right. But you didn't, you stuck with it for years and months and you're showing up, you're doing like everything that you need to, in order to get in, let me help you up. Let me help you into your first deal. Let me get you going. I feel like I owe that to you because of everything that you've done for me. Super cool. And just to summarize guys, what team is saying, if you want to get somewhere, if you want to be somewhere, you need to meet, you need to start building relationships with people that are already there. Get in the room with those people, start building relationships. So this is the very, this is nuggets of, I would say, go very like, very shiny, very shiny nuggets. And another, another way we are saying like also gold nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. Start building building relationships. Yep, that's awesome, man. Uh, you mentioned that you need to know, you need to have a why behind everything that you do what is your why so my why i'm not gonna lie to you my why originally was money freedom right because i said wait a second how am i gonna do the things that i want to do i don't make enough money so i was chasing Mm -hmm. money then with time and education and some kind of maturity around the fact of money i said wait a second 
I'm not really after money. I'm after time. I really want to be able to do what I want when I want, right? And I don't want somebody to tell me I, I can or can't do something because it doesn't fit into their schedule. And then I said, okay, well, wait a second. Once I have the time, because I have the money, what's going to continue to push me forward? And honestly, I don't really hear a lot of whole people talk about this, um, but my why really is the sense of fulfillment from helping other people. That's why I started a mentorship group. That's why I have like a Discord channel. I have a Facebook group. Um, I'm coming out with a real estate course. I have a lot of those things. And yeah, like I'm going to make money on those things, right? Like I have to live too. But the sense of fulfillment that I get from helping other people either achieve their financial goals by investing into my deals, or if I can help them get into a deal and provide some clarity around their mindset or overcome some kind of mental hurdle because they feel stuck wherever they are and they can't move forward. That's what drives me forward. Like that's what gets me out of bed every day is to help other people achieve their financial goals and get into this industry because they want to right now. I don't just help Mm -hmm. anybody, right? Because you got to show me that you're dedicated and that you want it and that you're willing to stick through it. And even when it's hard, you're going to keep going through it and doing what you have to. But the sense of fulfillment for me is, is honestly the biggest why, because I just, I love to see people win. Like I love helping people and it's, um, I don't feel like people talk about that enough. Everyone always says mm-hmm. their why is like the time freedom or money freedom, or maybe it's for their kids or whatever. And yeah, those are all great. Right. And I, I agree. I mean, I don't have any kids right now, but what's past that, right? It's like it attaining materialistic items for your family or for your children or whatever is great. But if you can change, if you can impact somebody's life and change their life forever, I mean, isn't that like a life fulfilled, right? I mean, if they're able to pay it forward and help other people and overcome these mindsets and these obstacles and break the chains of common thinking by challenging people on their assumptions and calling them out on something that you might not believe is correct, it really changes the perspective and it changes the conversation because you're making people think differently. And when you can inspire people to think differently, you go the road less traveled, right? You take the red pill instead of the blue pill or whatever that's saying. So that for me, that's what it is. That's awesome, man. And it's like, it reminds me of the quote, the meaning of life is to find your gift. And the purpose right. of life is to give you a gift away. Right. Exactly. So, it's a, I think it's a brilliant reset, man. Love it. So let me take a step back for a second, because one thing that you mentioned now, in your journey, you've been working from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. And in being in a relationship, being married, Right, you're giving a lot of time to one specific thing, but not providing time enough, not enough time to uh, people that are in your life. Right? Mm-hmm. How? So I'm curious, like how? How did your wife come to terms and was okay with everything that you were doing? Dude, it was hard. I'm not gonna lie to you here either. Like. I know me very well, and I'm a fully transparent person. I don't keep anything back, but we struggled a little bit because I was so dedicated to working every day, day in, day out, that I didn't spend a whole lot of time with my wife. And I was in my room 
in my office, either reading or working on stuff or doing my day job or then going to networking events. And like, we didn't spend a whole lot of time together and it was tough and, and it wasn't easy. And we're working on that now. And it's like, we bought the boat recently and we spent a ton of time together now, which is great. But really at the end of the day, my wife saw how passionate I was at what I was doing. She saw how driven I was. She saw the future potential of what I was going to be able to achieve and the life that I could build for us. And it was a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. And it wasn't easy. Don't, don't get me wrong. It wasn't easy. And it was, it was very difficult. We did spend time together. I wasn't like strictly working 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. like every single day. Like Saturday mornings, we'd hang out. We'd have watch TV or whatever, or like on Friday nights. Actually, that's what we did. I forgot about that. Is I dedicated Friday nights to watching a movie with her. Like it was Friday night was I left my phone upstairs. I didn't look at my computer. We watched a movie every Friday night or we watched a TV show together or we'd cook and make dinner or we'd have people over or whatever. But every Friday was dedicated to spending time with her. But all day Saturday, all day Sunday, all day throughout Monday through Friday or Monday through Thursday, it was work. It was business. It was no matter what was going on, I needed to make sure that I was building those relationships and continuing to be involved in the environment that I wanted to be in, right? Just surrounding myself with those types of people. Now, it took me a couple of years to do that and we're over that hump now and, and things are getting progressively easier and easier and the, the income is going up and up and up, which is great. So now we are able to spend more time together because I was able to quit my job and she quit her job. So we live life on our terms now. Like we go out on the boat on a Wednesday because there's nobody there. It's great. It's wonderful. Uh, we were just out on the boat my, um, Memorial Day weekend and it was a shit show. I mean, it was so many people. It was disgusting. And it was just like, this is why we don't come out on the boat on the weekends. We go out during the week because everyone else that works a nine to five, they only have Saturday and Sunday. But all I have to do is go into my calendar and set like a meeting and say that I'm busy all day. And I just blocked out the time. Same thing I did. We just got back from Maui for a 10 day trip. So I booked out from basically from May 16th, which was a Monday till May 30th, 31st. Mm -hmm. I blocked it out. I said, all right, so we're going to be on our trip from the 16th to the 26th. And then it's Memorial Day weekend. I'm not going to work over the weekends. So I blocked out that too. So nobody can schedule any time with me. And like, I still did what I had to, to move my business forward, but I didn't take any yeah. additional things. I didn't do podcasts. I didn't do any phone calls. I didn't review any deals, all that kind of stuff. And then, so I'm working all this week and then my parents are here next week. So I blocked off all next week. Right. So it's like, it's June and I've already taken a month off. Right. It's amazing because I've built that lifestyle and we did those sacrifices to get where we are today. And it wasn't easy, but we both had the vision. We, we saw where this could go and what this could look like because I had mentors in my life that I looked up to um, who I'm talking about. I was like, if they could do it, I could do it. And, and I just kept pointing to them as the example and saying, look, this is what I can have in two years. Like, just give me the time to build these businesses and dedicate my life towards this. And then we can have this. It's a short-term sacrifice for a long-term gain. That's awesome. Yeah. Conversations, right? You have to have conversations with your closest people in order for them to understand where you're at and where you're going. I think it's super important. And you also mentioned one of the gold nuggets that is actually part of our show, like building your own life on your own terms. 
this is what this show is about. Like, how are you going to do it? You want to do it, you have to work for it, right? Mm-hmm. And this is awesome, man. Super, super, super impressive. Super happy for you. And when lots of people want to do that, uh, do something, right? You, they want to shift. They have not only fears, but they also have limited beliefs. So I'm curious, like, what is what was the one limited belief that you had to conquer to get where you're at now? Biggest limiting belief of my own was that I like that I wasn't going to be able to raise any money. Like, I grew up in a very blue collar family. Uh, I mean, they owned real estate, but they never really taught me how to buy real estate and leverage money. Right, so it was always a very mm-hmm. taboo subject, unfortunately. And that was the biggest thing for me. The biggest thing was like, wait a second, I don't have any money. I also don't have any people in my life that have money. So how am I going to go buy these properties? Well, Mm -hmm. turns out I didn't need to have any money and I didn't need to have any investors. I just had to find a different way to bring value to people that did. Right. So like some of the first deals that I did, I didn't write the earnest money check. I didn't pay for the due diligence costs. I raised a little bit of money, surprisingly, because I had a really good network of people and they were like, oh, what? I really trust Tim because of the things that he's done and the involvement that he has and this, this, that, and the other thing I trust. I'm going to take a risk on Tim. So I raised a little bit of money and that's where I got started. I couldn't sign on the loan because I didn't have the net worth. I mean, I had a negative net worth when I started this because of my student loans and I didn't find mm-hmm. a deal. But what did I do have? I was able to connect people. I was able to operate the deal very well. I was able to underwrite it and make all of the general partners more money because of the underwriting, like the way that we structured the deal. And if they weren't for me, like I basically, I created enough value in the underwriting to pay myself. And then they were like, wait a second. So if I own 15% of the deal, I'm going to get the same amount of money if I had owned 20% of the deal. Okay. So give Tim 5% of the deal and then nobody's hurt. And now Tim has an opportunity because he provided value, right? And that's how it Mm -hmm. starts. Like the limiting belief is that you have to have everything and you literally don't have to have anything. Love it. Love it. Guys, provide value. Provide value to people that even you don't know. I mean, you never know where you're going to end up, who is going to be your friend in the near future. Provide value for free. Give it away. And I think the ten, it will come back to you in tenfold. And this you is know, exactly you know what happened to Tim. You know, the biggest thing is that people, people come to me all the time and they're like, how can I get involved with you? I'm like, okay, great. You just gave me a job to figure out how you could be valuable to me. <laughs> I'm like, so my response is, what's your value? Or what are you good at? I don't really know. How can you provide me value if you don't even know what your value is? Everyone has value. You just have to look inside deep enough to figure out what that value is. And nobody can help you find that value except for yourself. That is no mentor, no partner, no podcast host. Nobody's going to help you find that value. You need to find it within yourself and then portray it out to the world of how can you provide value to other people first? right? Because of your skill sets and what you're good at, what you like to do. And then tell everybody what you're not good at and what you can't do. So that way people know what they can come to you for help with, because that's what your value is, or they know how they can come to you and help you because you need help. And one of my main business partners, we're very good 
compatible puzzle pieces because he's very good at things that I absolutely hate doing. And I'm very good at things that he absolutely hates doing, right? And the only way that we got there was because I found what my value was. I told everybody what my value was. And I also told everyone, don't come to me for help for X, Y, and Z, because I can't help you with that either. And you lead every conversation with that mentality of telling people what your powers are and what your weaknesses are. And eventually you will find people that fit your puzzle piece. Nice, nice, very cool. Another gold nugget, guys. Find out what your strengths and weaknesses are. And actually, be true to yourself. Because a lot of people are actually not really true to themselves. It turns out that everything that they think about, like, hey, I'm good at this, I'm good at this, I'm good at that, it could be a lie. So, I mean, you have to go very deep into yourself and actually find out what you can bring to the table, like what your strengths and weaknesses are. And don't be afraid to tell people that. Don't be afraid to tell people your weaknesses. I know it's hard, and I know not everyone can do that, but you have to go over that helm. Yeah, I think you're wrong. I'll challenge you on that. I think everybody could do that. Okay. When you break down that mental barrier that you need to keep privacy is when... Mm -hmm. There's a barrier between you and, you and I. There's a fakeness still. There's a wall, right? And mm -hmm. until you bring down that wall and kind of show everybody your underbelly, like show everybody your weaknesses and what you're not good at, you're never going to get to valuable conversations until you get past that wall. So most people would call that wall a friendship, right? Once you, once mm -hmm. you have a trusted friendship, the wall goes away. But if you find it within yourself to trust people because you have no reason not to until they do you wrong. And you're mm -hmm. telling them things that if I told you my weaknesses, how could you come back and insult me with them? I told you them, right? It's like, <laughs> the Tyrion, like Tyrion Lannister from Game of Thrones, right? He says, use your weaknesses as a suit of armor and no one can hurt you, right? So if you label your own weaknesses first and you tell everybody what your weaknesses are, then nobody's going to be able to hurt you with it because you told them, right? So it's like, why do I care, right? So if you can learn to put yourself out there and be vulnerable, then you'll be able to break down those walls quicker. And as soon as you break down those walls quicker, you'll find more opportunity because you have a stronger network of people with relationship capital, right? Because mm -hmm. the law reciprocity again. Totally. No, I definitely see your point. I see your point. I met people that couldn't be vulnerable in front of other people. And I think that gave me an impression that if you cannot be vulnerable in front of other people, then there is still that wall, mm -hmm. right? then you cannot really tell people your weaknesses. You can tell right. people, hey, I can do this, I can do that, but I think there's still going to be some kind of wall that people would be afraid to tell other people to get over that wall and tell people, hey, these are my weaknesses. Right. So you they are, that kind of gave me an impression. You can't build a strong relationship until that wall is gone. Right. You never, you can yeah. never build a strong bond 
until the vulnerability has come out. But once the vulnerability has come out, that's when you can build a strong bond. Yeah, I totally agree. So break the wall, guys. Mm-hmm. Break the wall. All right, so moving on. Um, what, from all of your experiences, right, in the past, what would be, for people who want to take their first step towards building their lives and their own drums, what would be the one education resource that you could recommend that made an impact in your business? I mean, there's two books, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss and Who Not How by Dan Sullivan. The third book would be Flip the Script by Oren Klaff. Read those three books. It'll change your life. Awesome. And we're going to put those books in our show notes so you don't have to remember them, guys, uh, right now. After you can take a look at those books in our show notes, like I just mentioned. And I read one of those. I read one of them, which has never split the difference, but I've never read the other two. So I probably need to get started. I need to get started on those. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I read never I, split the difference once it. a year. <laughs> I loved it. So what was, uh, what is the one tip that you could share with our listeners and viewers today so they could take it actually, they could take it home and implement it right away? One tip that they can implement right away? I mean, yeah, to start changing their life. May I just find local networking events that you have, right? Go to the local Facebook groups or go to a real estate like meetup or brewery or whenever they're doing those types of things and just go meet people. Like as soon as you start surrounding yourself with those types of people, your life is going to change because you're going to start to think differently. And the first thing that you do, like the first time you do anything, it's going to suck. The first 10 times you do anything, it's going to suck. The first podcast going to suck. The first meetup going to look like an idiot because you don't know what you're talking about. There's, you know, get over that, right? It, as soon as you fail forward, and you learn what to do and what not to do, the faster you're going to get to where you want to go. Yeah. Hey, I can totally relate. <laughs> the, the, the first things that I, that I started doing is like, that, that was totally a shit show. <laughs> right. You're like, you're nervous and you're like, oh, I don't know what to do. And you get the jitters and it's a muscle. Like you got to exercise that muscle. And the faster you can start exercising that muscle, the easier it gets in time. And that's, one of my superpowers is taking action. Like I, I probably should stop and think about things more before I do things, but I just do things. And, and for better mm -hmm. or for worse, it, it moves me forward and I just kind of deal with things as they come. But taking action is, is the number one thing that I can do. I mean, you could go in my Facebook group and, and look at the very first video that I did and I'm sitting there stuttering and stumbling and I don't really know what to say, but I literally said in that video, I was like, I know this is my first video and I'm nervous and I'm scared and I, I don't really know what I'm going to talk about, but I made the commitment to myself that I was going to do this. And here I am. I showed up and I'm going to show up again and I'm going to show up again and I'm going to get better at it. And you do, you do get better at it. As you become more comfortable, more knowledgeable, more experienced, things get easier. Like real estate gets easier. Podcasting gets easier. Running a Facebook group gets easier. It's taking those first steps of, the, of action in order to get there that are difficult. Yeah, I totally agree. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And 
actually by saying those things that you just said at the beginning of the podcast of your first podcast, it seemed like you built stronger relationship with your audience because you became vulnerable. You talked about your weaknesses, right? You talked about things that you cannot actually do at the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think that vulnerability actually uh, puts you closer to your audience. Mm -hmm. Right? Absolutely. Awesome. So let's, let me ask you this. What are you currently working on? What is your biggest challenge that you're facing right now in your business? I think the biggest challenge that I'm facing in my business right now is we're, we're creating something from nothing. And I'm very good at taking action to get started, but perfecting things I'm not very good at. So that's why I partnered with Tim Best. And we he's very good at perfecting things. And I'm very good at just moving things forward. So it, it takes a lot of mental energy and a lot of time in order to build things from nothing. And it's more my education business, but in my syndication business, it, I don't really feel like I have any big struggles right now. I mean, we got more deal flow than we know what to do with. We got people offering to raise money left and right on our deals. Like all of our deals are almost fully funded, but like, I don't even publish them online anymore. I don't even post deals on Facebook anymore because my investor base in my portal alone just gobble up all the shares that we have available. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, when was the last time you saw me post about, Hey, I got an offering that people want to invest in Been a while. I don't think I, I don't think I've never seen you posting, posting that the first two or three deals I posted that. And then since then I don't post about them anymore because people go to my portal and they sign up and they wire the money and it's easy, right? Because it's quick. They trust me. I built up a relationship. It's vulnerable. So like, I don't really know what I'm struggling with in my business right now. I mean, I, I would love to have like better systems and processes in order to like automate some stuff or like hire an employee mm -hmm. to do a lot of things for me. But I, I don't feel like I'm at that point yet because we're not making enough like passive income because we're still like stabilizing a lot of our deals and stuff like that. But I don't mm -hmm. really know. I don't feel like I, I'm struggling with anything in my business right now. I just need time, right? And I just need time for the cash flow to build up. I need time to close these deals. I need, like, I have all the people that I need in my life, the who's to do the different jobs. And it, I just need time to implement it really at the end of the day. Yeah. Time is, is one of the tricky things that we can uh, definitely use wisely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's next for you? What is your, what is the overarching goal? Where are you going? So I have my goals right here. Still working on one of them. And one of my mm -hmm. goals for my business is that I want to own a thousand doors by December 31st of 2022. And basically in the markets that I buy, it doesn't really make sense to own a thousand doors in order to get to my goal of $10,000 a month in passive income. So really my major goal here is I want to have $60 million in in assets under management, and I want to have an average of 10% ownership in every deal. And if I can do that, then I know that each one of my units is going to pay me about $10,000 a month. So that's kind of where my future is. After we close these deals in the next 60 days, we'll have about 35, 30, somewhere between 30 and 35 million 
in purchase price transaction volume completed. So nice. I fully expect to hit my $60 million goal by the end of the year. Man, we're going to we're gonna talk at the end of the year and yeah. see where you're at. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I believe in you, man. I think you're almost there. It's just uh, you already started, started rolling the ball and it's like snowballing. Snowball. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I'll probably meet my passive income goal before I hit the $60 million in assets because I own more of the deals. Like I've learned how to structure deals differently. I've become more valuable. I can sign on loans. I can raise more money. So I'm walking away with 15 or 20% of every deal. So of that we do now. So it's getting easier. It's getting better. I'm really excited about uh, what everything, what the future looks like. Yeah, man. I'm super excited for you. I think uh, your future looks very bright. Thank you. But on the second note, I would like our listeners and viewers to get to know it a bit better. And we have a final round. It's called Fun Round. Oh, Final Round is called Final Round. Did you come up with that all yourself? (laughs) (laughs) The Final Round is called Fun Round. Oh, Fun Round. I call it Fun Round. Fun Round. (laughs) So I have about that. I have about five or six questions that I would like to ask you. Sure. So our listeners and viewers can get to know get to know a little bit better. All right. So the first question that I have for you is: When we go, if you step back, go to elementary and middle school years, what did the younger version of team look like at that time? What do you mean by look like? Like, what the? How did you look like when when you were like in elementary, middle school, like? Were you like a nerd? Uh, oh, like you, my physical uh, appearance. Uh, not only, but like, who who were you like when you were in middle Man, school year? So, uh, in your middle school years. In middle school years, I oh, mean, I don't know, man. I I don't really. I mean, I wasn't like the popular kid, that's for sure. But I wasn't like a nerd either. I kind of was like right in the middle. <laughs> I'm okay. a very I'm a people driven person i got along with everybody i could hang out with the nerds and have fun i can hang out with the jocks and have fun i was mediocre at sports i I played baseball and i was okay at it like enough to have fun but i was never really an Mm -hmm. expert at one thing right so i'd I'd like to do a lot of little things and sometimes i'd be out in the boat with my brother because my we grew up on the water in connecticut or i'd be playing baseball or whatever so yeah i mean just kind of Average middle of the road white dude, like nothing special. <laughs> we call, we'll call it Jack of all trades. Yeah. <laughs> what is your go to Halloween costume? Actually, I don't really like Halloween. Halloween's not like my, I don't do anything for Halloween, to be honest with you. My favorite holidays are July 4th and Thanksgiving. So Halloween, I can oh. care less about. Like, I never dress up, I don't go to like Halloween parties or anything. I just, I'm not into that kind of stuff, so I guess none. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, then what is your favorite dish on Thanksgiving Day? Yeah, say that again? What is your favorite dish on Thanksgiving Day? I like to cook. Like, I like to chef food. Okay. Cooking is a hobby for me. So, obviously, the main course is always my biggest thing. I like to, I have a smoker, not like a Traeger, but it's a... a it's called a a, a Kamado Joe, and kind of like a big green egg, a Kamado cooker, and I make everything on that. And I made 
Thanksgiving in my Kamado Joe last year, and uh, my brother-in-law had said right in front of my father-in-law that this is the best mm. Thanksgiving he's ever had because it was the best turkey he's wow. ever had. So I guess the main course, like I got to go with the protein, go with the bird because I like to perfect it. But if I was going to eat something that I didn't make, it would be my mother-in-law's stuffing on Thanksgiving. He must be smiling right now. Yeah. If she were to hear this words. Yeah. She, she maybe is smiling. Oh, she, she knows that that's my favorite. I always request it. That's my only request. <laughs> stuffing. All right. That's cool. If you were to describe yourself with one word, what would it be? I'm a giver. I just, I give my time, I give my knowledge, I give whatever, anything I can do to help people, I do, right? I mean, bring comes back to the beginning of this conversation. It was like, what was my why? My why is my sense of fulfillment. How do I get that sense? The sense of fulfillment is by giving to people, right? Giving my time, my effort, my knowledge, whatever, right? So like, I'm a genuinely a giver. Yeah, I can vouch for that. I think I had multiple conversations with the team and basically the knowledge that he was providing uh, was super valuable and he didn't ask anything in return. Awesome, moving on. What was the one question you always wanted to be asked by someone who interviewed you in the past but never did? I don't know. I've been on a lot of different podcasts, so they all have like their own kind of spice to them. Yeah, yeah, nothing in particular. I mean, I, I sometimes I kind of talk more than I should, and I kind of just give away information anyways, right? So sometimes we mm -hmm. get the end of a podcast, and the podcaster's like, I don't really have any more questions. You kind of just said everything without being asked it. So I don't know. I don't. I, <laughs> that's a tough question because I don't know what I don't know. I, I don't know what question I haven't been asked, right? So it's, it's kind of an unknown. No worries. I have a fun question for you. Let's say in 100 years, science fails to save us, and all that is left is a book about your life. What would the title be, and what would the blurb tell us about Tim Vitale? Man, I don't know what the title would be, but I know the blurb would be talking about how going all in on anything that you do, like both feet in the water, no matter what. When I went to school, when I went to college, I had never been to North Carolina in my life, but I applied to school. Mm -hmm. I took out a hundred thousand dollars in student loans. I found an apartment and a roommate that I had never met in a state I've never been to. And I just did it anyways. Cause I want, I knew I wanted to get out of Connecticut. I wanted to go somewhere else and I did it. And then the same thing with when I quit my W2 job, I just, I quit my job and I went all in to, to be in real estate. So both feet in, maybe it's both feet in by Tim Vitale or, or two feet in or I don't know, something like that and, and kind of some kind of blurb along those lines. Yeah. You're like man of action. That's right. I know that's for sure. That is a hundred percent true, man of action. <laughs> and the last question man I have for you today is uh if you could have a billboard with anything on it, what would it be and why? I it'd be a link to my portal so people can invest in my deals. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, well, it's a golden opportunity, right? So if uh, yeah. you got 100,000 cars driving down the street a day and they're seeing my billboard of, hey, I can provide you investment returns in real estate secured by real estate <laughs> and I don't have to do anything, man, man, that's it right there. Too bad that's uh, not legal, uh, right? Also, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a good segue to uh, actually tell us a little bit more of 
like how people can find you if they want to connect with you. Yeah, you go to my Facebook group, Making Moves, the real estate community, or you can go to my website, mm -hmm. www.upsidecapitalgroup.com. In there, you can find a link to my Calendly if you want to schedule a call. You can also find my investor portal if you want to see what kind of uh, deals that we have coming up. I'm not very good at updating my portfolio tab on my website. That is something I need to hire like a virtual assistant to do or something. So you just, you could go to my website and check out what's going on or, or, I mean, honestly, the best way is Facebook, you know, I'm posting in there and doing Facebook lives and, and, uh, live streams and stuff like that regularly. If you want to learn more, find out there. Awesome. Yeah. We're going to post that uh, link to your group show notes. So everyone who wants to learn more about real estate and want to connect with you, I think, yeah, that would be an awesome way to do so. Awesome. Thanks so much. Man. I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually part of that group as well. And I can vouch that that group is fantastic. Man, thank you so much for joining today. I really had fun uh, learning more about you and your story. And I hope our listeners and viewers will get a lot from this conversation and start moving forward and start taking action. Awesome. Hey, man, thanks so much for the invite. I appreciate it. Really looking forward to, to watch you take off in the real estate uh, career as well. Thank you so much. We'll, I know we'll chat soon about, we'll talk more about real estate. We'll talk shop. So I'll be seeing you later, brother. Absolutely. We hope that today's episode has inspired you to take action towards building the life you've always wanted. Don't forget to leave us a review, share, and subscribe to our podcast for more empowering stories, actionable insights, and motivation to help you make the shift towards your own dreams. Thanks again for listening to The Shift.